You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. We're only a few days away from Halloween, which is a really big deal in my house because I have two kids. And my son, he decided months ago that he was going to be uh, what he calls a skeleton. But it's, it's more than a skeleton. He wears uh, a, a shirt that shows bones and he has a skeleton mask, but he also carries a scythe and he wears a cape. So I think he's, it's something more like death. He really wants to scare people. That's what he wants out of Halloween. He wants to be the one who terrifies. And it's a little funny to me because he's, in fact, uh, someone with a lot of fear. He doesn't want to be alone. Uh, He doesn't like the dark. He's he's not yet comfortable in the world in that way. But the idea of imposing fear on someone else for him is incredibly satisfying. So he'll be jumping out at people on Halloween night and he'll be snarling at them and he'll be giving them his scary eye. And then my daughter wants to be some version of a princess, maybe a ladybug princess, Maybe at one point it was kind of a half firefighter princess. Um, She doesn't want to scare anybody and she doesn't want to be scared. She wants it all to be cute. (laughs) She wants people to think that she's cute. And it's fun to watch. And I enjoyed Halloween when I was a child, but it's a reminder to me now that I'm, I'm kind of thrust back into Halloween culture, that we do Halloween so badly, which is to say that we miss a great opportunity in Halloween, I think. Two of the ways that we get it wrong are the ways that my children get it wrong. They see it as an opportunity to be scary, or they see it as an opportunity to simply play. And then I think in the culture at large, we see it as an opportunity to, uh, well, to do a lot of things. One is to more and more confront ourselves with things that are gruesome. I don't remember it being so much like that when I was a kid. There are these Halloween stores, and I can't take my kids because as soon as you walk in the door, you're confronted with images of dead, mutilated babies and bloodthirsty clowns, things that are intended to give you nightmares. But they're not real. Another way that we get it wrong, I think, is that we try to scare ourselves in... uh, silly ways. You know, we present ourselves with, you know, things that 
jump out of other things. We go to haunted houses and we know, we know when we go to the haunted house that just when we let our guard down that someone is going to leap out at us and we'll scream and our heart will stop for just a minute and we'll say, oh, I was so scared. But that's not scared. That's surprised with a twist. So we see Halloween maybe as this opportunity for a kind of catharsis. You know? It's a way of letting off steam, and then we get to dress up and be a little bit crazy. And all the while, we're walking past all these jack-o'-lanterns and these little flickering lights and all these things that are actually quite creepy. When I was 18, or maybe just turned 19, I was out driving with a friend um, outside of my hometown. We were driving in the mountains, and it was December, and it had snowed a lot. Uh, and we took up, we took, went up this road. It was Priest Pass. We'd never been there before, and we were started the drive at maybe 9:30 at night. It was already dark. And uh, we realized quite a ways up that we were, we had made a bad choice. It was a dirt road and it was heavy snow and it was not a good place to be. So I, I was lucky I managed to actually turn the car around. But coming down, almost immediately we went into a snowbank and we got stuck. And we tried everything we could. And while we were doing that, you know, my fear was that I'm, I'm going to uh, damage the car somehow or, you know, I'll have to tell my dad about this. And then we realized that we couldn't get unstuck. And by this time, it was probably 11 and we were just out in the mountains and I had to turn off the headlights to the car. And even though I grew up in wide open spaces. This was the first time in my life that I had just stood in a forest in perfect darkness. I couldn't even see my feet. There's nothing. The only thing I could uh, use as a measurement of my location was my friend's voice. And he was not saying anything because he was going through the same thing that I was. And I remember that so powerfully. It wasn't, it wasn't that I imagined there might be something out there. It was winter. That wasn't an issue. Things were hibernating. It was this vastness. It was the scale of the darkness where even I seemed not to be present. And we started making our way down the mountain and eventually, you know, I think the moon came out a little bit and we, we found our way. But I never forgot that, that feeling. And that's the experience I think of when I think of how we miss our opportunity at Halloween. 
I think we're interested in things that frighten us. We're things, interested in things that surprise us. But we're not really interested in, for lack of a better phrase, unnameable terror. I think, for good or bad, in Buddhism, it's always Halloween. (laughs) We're asked to look at everything. And for the purposes of this conversation, I'm not talking about fear in the sense of anxiety or fear in the sense of worry, fear in the sense of, of the recognition of potential loss. All of those things are real and they can control us. We have to confront those too. But the fact is that when we sit down in this practice and we face the wall, most of us, especially in the beginning, will gladly trade the spaciousness and the vastness and the dark in front of us for any one of those fears or worries. Which is to say, we'll call it up, right? We would much rather sit here and obsess about something that bothers us. We would much rather sit here and chew on a fear or a worry. We would much rather sit here and kind of dwell in our own anxiety than face nothing. Nothing is really hard. I shouldn't say nothing. It's not nothing. It's it's that openness that comes when you look and you don't choose one thing. I have a friend who won't go scuba diving because Every time she's tried, she puts her head into the water. She puts her head into the ocean, and it's too big, right? She thinks, oh, this will be beautiful, and she sees this goes on forever, and she just has to get out of it. We can have that experience in that dark forest and we can have that experience in the ocean and we can have that experience with ourselves if we're honest, if we're willing to put aside everything else. And look right into space. Where it's so deep and it's so thick and it's so dark that it's as if you're not there. Like you can't see your own feet. That's the place where we don't want to go. And so we entertain ourselves with all these other things. 
and we wear costumes and we jump out at one another and and we kind of play a game with our minds we play this game around bravery right we see what we can take but in every one of those cases what we're playing with is something that we can see we're playing with something that we can imagine something we can conceptualize we know we don't know what the bloodthirsty clown will do but we know it's a clown and we know it's bloodthirsty <laughs> right i mean that sounds so silly but that's that's actually so concrete that's so real we can handle that we can distract ourselves with that for a long time but we can handle that i heard someone on the radio today telling a story people were calling in and, and talking about the scariest thing that's ever happened to them and they were this girl was talking about one day when she was much younger she was she was an adult but when she was a teenager she had a job uh, in in which she worked kind of late and she had to close up a shop and she went home one night just an ordinary night and all the lights were off in her house but she lived with her parents and they were supposed to be there and she was just describing so clearly that 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 sense of not knowing right it wasn't that she knew what was wrong it wasn't that she knew what was there it was that she was faced with the absence <laughs> she was faced with this huge dark absence in front of her and and it just chilled her to the bone she couldn't have something to be afraid of and terrified her that openness we're not good at that and yet the reality is that there's so much we don't know and there's so much we can't see and part of my understanding of this practice is that we are invited to try to look at that not with some story about what we think is out there but to really rest in having no idea and to really acknowledge that most of the time we're distracting ourselves from that not knowing because that never goes away it never stops That's why I say it's Halloween every day. We're stuck in this if we notice. And that's where I'll stop. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.